Welcome back to Beyond the Talk, a podcast formed in conjunction with the independently organized event TEDxUF, determined to dive deeper into the talks you know and love. I'm Apeksha. I'm Zoe. And hey again. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. This week we're going to go back to a Let's Talk, so something similar to Bao, if you had watched that or listened to that earlier. And today we kind of wanted to take a turn, talk about technology, and what better way to talk about technology and its effects than Black Mirror. A little indie show. A little, You probably don't know it. You probably haven't heard of it. Never heard of it. You know, really hard to find. Like, only a couple people know about it. You know the real indie folk. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know how it is. If you know, you know. Yes, us, the indie folk. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So, yeah, we want to talk about Black Mirror because it's something that literally everyone knows about. And it's so interesting. It relates to what we go through every single day. So, um, Zoe, do you have anything to give us a little background on it? I indeed do. All right. So Black Mirror is a British anthology sci-fi series that was created by Charlie Brooker. It's a look into modern society that focuses specifically on the often unexpected consequences of technological advancement. Um, It first premiered on British television and has since expanded to Netflix, and it's basically a compilation of standalone episodes that take place in either the near or distant future or an alternative present. It was heavily inspired by television series like The Twilight Zone, so the episodes usually feature commentary on modern-day issues, similar to how Twilight Zone used fictional means to comment on controversial issues in an attempt to avoid television censorship. Also, before we get started discussing specific episodes, I'm just going to add a quick spoiler alert here. If you haven't seen Black Mirror at all, uh, <laughs> watch out <laughs> because we are, we are coming at you live um, with some spicy content and we're going to talk very in depth about the endings of a lot of these episodes. So yeah, we'll give be you, cautious. We'll, we'll tell you which episodes we're going to talk about before we say them. So if there's yeah. like a if there's a one that we talk about that you haven't watched, please watch it and um, and then come back and listen to this podcast. Yeah, in yeah. Full. Don't don't leave. Yeah, yeah. We're not telling you to leave or anything. Please don't. Please don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> we'll miss you. <laughs> but yeah, before we get started, let's. I'm just gonna bring up the title real quick because that's a big thing about the show. Probably. So the title is. It comes from the black screens that we see all over the place. So that means like televisions or phones or computers were essentially glued to these like black screens that we see every single day. And it's described by Brooker himself as a, quote, drug that you'll find on every wall, on every desk, in the palm of every hand, which is very bleak, Mm -hmm. but extremely true. It's Mm -hmm. like, and I like that it's also mirror. So it's like, Almost like a reflection of ourselves. Yeah, you finish the episode and then your phone locks and you just have to look at yourself and the and the trash you are. Yeah. It's yeah. a really, really good title. Like mm-hmm. it says everything that the show wants to say is like technology is a reflection of ourselves and it's a reflection of who we are and want to be. But like at the same time, it's not always good. It's not always picture perfect. And I think that show really shows exactly how technology works in Mm -hmm. relation to us, but also our intentions. Yeah, I think one of the biggest takeaways from Black Mirror as a whole is that they're not trying to bash technology. I think that we see it with a lot of other shows that are like dystopian because of technological advancement. Um, A lot of the times the enemy is made out to be the technology itself. But what Black Mirror does differently is that it 
paints the enemy as ourselves. We are the ones who are misusing this technology. Um, so yeah, it, it does more than, I have a quote here from the New York Times by Jenna Wortham. And she says, and perhaps that's the true appeal of the series. It does more than blame technology for our woes. It deals with the reality that no matter what gadgetry we may possess, our problems remain human. It reminds us that technology probably won't enslave us, but it definitely will change us. Yeah. Yeah. And we see this throughout all the episodes that the problems that the characters experience are their own fault oftentimes. And they're their errors are just perpetuated and made worse by the technology that's at their fingertips, which is scary because a lot of it doesn't seem to be technology that's that far off. Yeah, exactly. It's almost an extension mm-hmm. of our desires, of our... Um, it's a way of, of our, trying to make society more perfect. Exactly, yeah. Like you said, the problems in this show aren't because of the technology, it's because of the people, Yeah, you know? And that's why we relate to it so much. And I think it, that's why the show is so creepy and scary because we can very clearly see that happen in our lives mm. or in our lifetime. We actually just, we just watched an episode like right before the yeah. podcast. We watched San Junipero mm-hmm. um, literally five minutes ago. And so we're still reeling from it. Yeah, we're phenomenal kind of- episode. Uh, won two Emmys, very yeah. casual. Yeah, so if you're going to start with an episode, um, this is what I like to call, this episode is what I like to call Black Mirror's definition of wholesome. Oh, yeah. Um, which yeah. is terrifying. We went in. I like how we both went in. Like, we were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be like one of their wholesome episodes. We can watch it right before the yeah. podcast. Like, it'll be fine. We won't. The answer is that was a bad decision. It was, oh, my God. Like, we ended the episode and we were both like, um, <laughs> all right, I guess we're going to do the podcast <laughs> Here we go. We're beginning. Oh my gosh. Such a good episode. Yeah. So essentially, spoiler alert, by the way, we're going to talk about it real quick. But the episode is about this woman called um, Yorkie. Mm -hmm. And she goes to this place called San Junipero. Um, She meets this woman. They fall in love. And a lot of it is very confusing at first because you don't know which era they're in. They're crossing through decades willy-nilly. Yeah, exactly. So you start out in the 80s, then you somehow get to the 90s, then you get to the 2000s. Mm. But it's surrounded around this plot where Yorkie meets this woman named... Kelly. Kelly. She meets Kelly and they both fall in love. Well, more like Yorkie falls in love with her and like... (laughs) And Kelly's like, oh, I have issues. I can't. Too much baggage. Too much baggage. But at the same time, you're like in this world and you don't know where they are, what their intentions are. And they kind of hint at it throughout the episode. But then in the end, you find out that they're not actually in this world in real life, but rather it's a form of technology that has allowed their brains to go to this place called San Junipero. And it's like a cloud, essentially, mm-hmm. where their brain goes. And um, in reality, Kelly and Yorkie, I think Yorkie was 60, they said? Yeah, Yorkie was... Um, 62? Quadriplegic. She was quadriplegic. She was being kept alive by machines. Right. But yeah, super old lady in real life. Yeah, and Kelly was 73. So they meet in real life at some point where Kelly drives to Santa Rosa, California to meet her in real life. And that's where she finds out she's quadriplegic, that she is going through euthanasia, mm-hmm. and that she is planning to, or Yorkie is planning to stay in San Junipero after she passes and to yeah. put a part of her brain in this cloud. Yeah. So San Jun- Junipero is kind of a, like a, a crossover destination, you'd say. So yeah. when 
you can you can test it out. You can go there if you want, see if that's something you would want for eternity after you pass. And if that is something that you choose, it's it's kind of like a little version of heaven in a way. It's a, it's a way to stay alive forever and I guess like in an ageless kind of dimension. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that the end scene, they play the song called Heaven is a Place on Earth. Mm. And I mm. <laughs> I list, like as soon as I started playing it, I'm like, wow, like the entire episode is about this song. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally about that song. And and yeah, that's a crazy idea that yeah, like imagine having the capability of creating something like that where you're in a cloud where you can essentially live forever. Mm. And Kelly kind of addresses the I guess the negative aspect of San Junipero when she says like, you know, you're here forever. Like you're in this like timeless location Mm -hmm. where nothing matters. And it's almost like existential in a way because there is no meaning in that place. Yeah. Right. You're not living for anything because you're not living. So it really messes with your mind because I mean, actually, I want to ask you, like if you were placed in that situation, what would you do? Would you go to San Junipero? Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) That's a big existential question you're asking me right now. Um, It is a Friday afternoon, so (laughs) it is what I like to think about on these Um, kind of days. Yeah, I have no idea what I would do. I think it's interesting to think about technology advancing that far. I think we, I mean, we already have euthanasia that's already in existence and that already is kind of strange to think about having more control over when you die and how you die that's already something that messes with my mind um and no and thinking about having the ability to choose exactly where you go so not only are you dictating the means of how you die but you're dictating where you go and how long you're going to be there i don't know if i'm super into the idea of becoming a chip that gets embedded in a wall that keeps me in a cloud forever yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's a little too, it's a little too trippy for comfort. Yeah. It's really trippy and really, it's hard to process because, I mean, the idea of death itself is already like such a... <laughs> morbid? <laughs> one, very morbid, but also very difficult to understand because we don't know what death is because we've, we haven't experienced it. Thank God. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still kicking. <laughs> um, but it's... It's weird to think that like you'd be in a place where you're dead, but not dead. Not really. Yeah. And like your experiences are not experiences. I think I understood Kelly's perspective when she was saying when she was saying Richard, her husband who had passed away before her, Mm -hmm. he didn't want to go to San Junipero because his daughter wasn't given that option and he didn't feel right going to a place like that, knowing that she didn't get to. Mm -hmm. And I think about that and I'm like, whoa. Like, if I was placed in that situation, I would feel so much guilt Yeah, that I get that opportunity and then the people before me didn't mm-hmm. um, and people who passed away before me couldn't. And if I was placed in that situation, I honestly don't know what I would do. Yeah. It brings forward the questions of, you know, what is the definition of forever? Because yeah. we can't wrap our minds around mm-hmm. what eternity means. Right. Um, would you want to be in a place... Because you've got to think, that place sounds like it would get old real quick. Yeah. There was nothing to do. There was clubbing and then there was like a weird, the quagmire, which we're not going to, we're not going to talk about it, but it's just a lot of, it's like a college town kind of place. It's like a rundown college town-esque kind of thing. It's like you went to high school forever. Yeah. Which I absolutely do not want. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, I 
No. I've got to say, I don't want to live, as much as I'm enjoying college, I don't think I'd want to live in it forever. Right. Like, there's no next step. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're, there's no there growth. there and it's done. There's literally no growth. And it's thanks to technology. So, <laughs> watch out, kiddos. Yeah. It's the same idea of, like, someone asking you, like, if you could be immortal, would you? No. And <laughs> same. Mm-mm. I don't know if I would want that just because... Life itself is like built by the experiences of the people that you have around you. Mm-hmm. So being immortal would mean like I wouldn't be able to do that. I don't. Yikes. yikes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end every single episode conversation with yikes. And I think it's oh absolutely fitting. That should be Black Mirror's just like tagline. It's just Honestly, yikes. If they just. Just switch it over because, oh, man. If they ended every episode with just, like, big, Big, bold bold letters. (laughs) (laughs) I think it'd be perfect. All right. Perfect. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. So that was, um, again, the more wholesome side of Black Mirror. So I kind of want to talk about the darker side of Black Mirror because I think it's what it's known for. Yeah. And... Little Miss Apatia over here has not seen many of the darker episodes. Oh my gosh. What have you seen? I have seen, I know people are already going to, I've had so many friends. I'm leaving hate comments right now. Yeah, people are like, how, how, like, dated are you that you haven't even watched Black Mirror? You old lady, you. I I know. I've watched some episodes, but like, I I can't watch more than one at a time Mm. because it messes with me all day. Yeah. Um, I watched, I think I've watched the first episode with, um, the pig, with the pig. Don't oh, want to talk about that. That's yeah. I'm not that's, gonna talk about that. No, I think um, just watch it yourself. Yeah, it's super fun. Very um, wholesome. Yes, you'll so leave it dark. feeling so just warm and fuzzy inside. I, I like how that's their first episode. Have you seen White Bear? I have seen White Bear. Okay, perfect. Let's talk about that one. Okay. That one's a really good one that talks about what role do you play when being a bystander. So, in addition to the technology that we see being used in this episode. It makes you think about, you know, where you stand morally. Mm-hmm. So to give you all a quick synopsis, because you really have to watch these episodes yourself, I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Um, the episode kicks off with this woman waking up in this world that she does not recognize. There's a weird symbol on the TV. There's no one around. She has she has no recollection of who she is, why she's there, what's happened before her waking up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and as she steps out into the world, she comes into contact with a bunch of people who are standing a fixed distance away from her at all times, and they all have their phones out, and they're all recording her. Um, So no one's speaking to her, no one's helping her out, she's yelling for help, no one's helping, everyone's just standing by and recording her on her phones. And as the episode progresses, you see her meet another girl who's in the same position as her, they're not consumed by the technology per se, and they're being chased by people in like animal masks who are trying to kill them is the big plot here um fast forward through all this they almost die like eight times and you get to the end and you are shown the viewers are shown that this woman is actually a murderer right so she had murdered a child with i'm pretty sure her fiance in a very grotesque way and they had they filmed it they filmed it And they post or yeah, they had filmed it and she hadn't felt any remorse. So this is kind of her perpetual punishment is that every single day she is wiped of her memory. She is forced to live through this rather traumatizing experience that is riddled with all these little details that kind of bring her back to 
remembering what she did. And at the end of it, she's put in front of an audience and berated because she's a murderer. So, And it's also essentially a theme park in a way because people you can pay to get in you can pay to be the bystander exactly you can the people that are there with their phones they're literally Mm -hmm. tourists Mm -hmm. that are there as part of the tour yep and they come in and they like film her Mm -hmm. yeah so it 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 makes you think because this you don't realize who she is until like the last 15 minutes and i remember i was watching it and when i got to that portion i was like oh well then she deserved it you know, and it, and, it, and it's weird to think about it that way because you not to say that I was going to go in and become, you know, engage in like the theme park, the theme park attraction. But it would have been different if this was just happening to her, a regular person. Yeah. So do you think that it's OK that it happens every single day? Like, would you, would I, you agree with it? I don't like. Mm, I think I have because the reason that she was put in that was because her fiancé, who was also on trial, had killed himself to escape being punished for his deeds. Yeah. So he had he had opted out via suicide. And, you know, I think justice needed to be served. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> I don't know if this was the right way to do it. I think it's, it's kind of gross that it became a theme park. Um, I think that speaks to how dark humanity can be, that we will actively engage in torture. Yeah. Despite who it is. Yeah. It kind of goes back to the idea that you said that they're bystanders. Mm -hmm. Like the bystander effect is this idea that if you're watching something from a distance with lots of people, Mm -hmm. you don't feel like you have any kind of responsibility because there's an assumption that someone else will do it. Mm -hmm. Suppose there's a fight going on in front of you, but you're surrounded by people watching it. You automatically assume, oh, someone else is going to call the cops. Mm-hmm. So, but no one calls the cops because everyone is thinking the exact same thing. Exactly. So, with something like this, where I think what really messed with me was that the people had their phones out mm-hmm. and they were filming her, like freaking out in mm-hmm. the like the middle of the woods. Yeah. And you see that. Mm. today yeah like that literally happens today where happened like think riots and mm. how yeah half the people who could go in and or things like brutality on the streets or people berating other people for being different and how the opt-out is to film it instead of actively engage in stopping it exactly people feel like they're doing something by taking out their phones and like taking pictures or taking Mm -hmm. videos of it but you're not doing anything to stop it. So are you a part of the problem or mm-hmm. are you stopping it? Exactly. And seeing stuff like that, just like, like for me personally, it's so crazy to think that like there are videos that I see like on Twitter, like whatever, when people mm-hmm. are that they take videos of things that are happening. I don't want to like pick a certain example because I feel like it's just, I don't think one problem is over another, mm-hmm. but, but there have been videos of like actual events where people are just taking videos of it. And it's awful because, like, they'll take videos of, like, dead bodies. And I'm just like, where is our humanity going that Mm. our idea of, like, of these people as humans Mm. has gone so far as to, like, we think that they're a part of, I don't know, like, they're objective. Yeah, we literally literally objectify them because we see them as, like, a part of the video and Mm. not an actual human being. Yeah. And that's just, it's so weird to me because the episode in itself, I don't think that I would be okay with her going through that. Even no. though 
what she did and her husband did or or not husband but fiance it's awful and i do think that she should be punished for her actions and i do think that there should be a way for her to pay for what she did but mm-hmm. i don't think that's the way her being in that like perpetual world where she's constantly mm-hmm. going through the exact same day where people are literally filming her and like and she's they're lit- she's not a human to them she's just mm-hmm. like a show I think where I have a hard time grappling with this particular episode was that the crime was they had burned a little girl alive, like in a sleeping bag, and she didn't commit the crime herself. She didn't touch the body, she was herself, a but she was the bystander filming it. And so the big lesson for her was, you know, how do you like it? And yeah, I had a whole moral Dilemma. debate with myself about like, what, where would I stand in this situation? You know, she's not good person and she was doing the same thing but then again it's like an eye for an eye you know what's makes the whole world go blind you know so yeah yeah I, you know what that mm. reminds me of almost mm. it kind of reminds me of like this whole like youtube culture mm. where people just like film stuff and post it online <clears throat> dead bodies it was that forest looking for <laughs> um yeah we're not what who's, wow who's that I'm not calling out any names or anything but like but yeah, but yeah, the idea that content reigns over humanity is, is exactly. weird. Exactly. Like, that shows just how, like, real that episode can be because mm-hmm. people literally do it. They yeah. they will do anything in order to get views, in order for people to watch them. And literally going to a suicide forest and filming a body mm-hmm. has become content. I mean, obviously, we're, like, disgusted by it, mm-hmm. but he's still getting views because people are watching it. Yeah. Which is so crazy that, like, people will... <laughs> I don't know. It's like we tell these people it's okay because we watch it Mm -hmm. because to him, all he's seeing are the numbers Mm -hmm. and he's saying, oh, yeah, like I literally made like millions of views. I'm making money off of this. Yeah. People are like knowing my name. Yeah. It's it's a reward for being a bad person. Yeah. And it's fueled by these advancements, these these new careers that you can have that are rooted in technology. Yeah. But at the same time, like we said, it's not the technology that's yeah. the problem. It's that we are abusing it. We're abusing it and we're saying that we want that mm-hmm. unconsciously maybe, but we are saying that it's okay because we continue to encourage this kind of behavior mm-hmm. by watching it. This episode is very real because we see it every yeah. day. We see it in our lives and it has become, this is a little jump back to what we were talking about, mm-hmm. but this idea of blaming bystanders, <laughs> I don't know if like her punishment was justified like i i really do think that like maybe she had gone through it like for a day Mm. like if they made her do that for a day that's understandable but or not understandable but like more justified whereas her going through that every single day for the rest of her life Mm. and people are just encouraging it and being a part of it yeah and making a show out of it is weird it's yeah it just and yeah. you know what's crazy is that I think if that were a real thing, people would do it. Yeah, and and that's the thing that's pretty wild about Black Mirror is that these episodes aren't far off from what we know. That's I mean yeah. they they feel very familiar when you watch them. Aside mm-hmm. from the ones that are you know obviously super set off in fu- the future and whatever. Yeah. The the things you see in these episodes aren't too far fetched. Their intentions are extremely relatable. Yeah, and when those situations devolve the way they do, when the things are revealed, I mean, it makes you take a step back and really think about where technology is going and 
what the potential consequences could be putting those sorts of technological developments in the hands of people who shouldn't have it. All right, so we're going to talk about one more episode before possibly making a part two. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Let us know if you want a part two. Yes, please. Because this show is so massive, we could never fit it. Yeah, we have like seven episodes written down, but there is absolutely no way. (laughs) There's no way. Yeah, especially because each is a standalone. It's not like it all... I mean, there's like Easter eggs of like tying in episodes together sometimes, but there's no way. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to talk about Nosedive, um, which is one of my favorite episodes. We love a Bryce Dallas Howard. I love her. But this episode, you haven't seen it, right? No, I haven't, but explain right. it to me. Um, so it's, we are in a world where social rankings determine everything. So think of how we like rate Uber drivers. It's like out of five. Um, with every interaction you have with someone, they'll rate you. Yeah. Um, and obviously getting ranked lower brings your score down lower. And people who are quote unquote elite tend to be like 4.5, 4.7 or higher. Mm-hmm. And you start to dramatically lose privileges when you start dipping down below a four so we follow this one woman i'm completely forgetting what her name was but played by howard and she is obsessed with the idea of keeping her ranking high and at the beginning of the episode you see that she is trying to move into this apartment complex and she gets a basically a dis and it's a beautiful swanky apartment complex and she finds out that if she meets a certain social ranking that she won't have to pay as much rent Right. So she decides to make it her mission to get her ranking higher and goes to basically an advisor, like a ranking advisor, Hmm. and asks, you know, what do I have to do to be able to get to like, I think it's a four or five or something like that. And she's at a four Hmm. two. Okay. And he tells her, well, you can either do this over a long period of time or short term, you can get a bunch of people who are ranked super high to rank you higher. And you can get these ratings via social media. So think Instagram. If more people like your posts, your ranking is going to go up. If you talk to more people in person, your ranking is going to go up. And she realizes that the only people she really interacts with on a day-to-day basis are people who are lower in the social scale. So think food workers, Mm -hmm. garbage people, anyone who has slipped below a three. It's just typically like what we would think of in our society right now as lower class workers they are people who have lower social rankings and she decides that she is no longer going to be participating in those interactions because the people around her will rank her lower if she participates in those kinds of interactions. So she gets to basically that's the main premise Mm -hmm. and she gets invited to this wedding um, from one of her old friends. Her old friend has a very prestigious ranking. It's like a four eight or something like that. Wow. And she gets invited to speak as the maid of honor at this wedding. And the guest list is four sevens and above. And she knows that if she gets there, she aces it. She's going to get five star reactions all around. She's going to boost her ranking. Life is going to be great. But she misses her flight. And she has a scene in the airport. She throws a fit and she gets docked by security. So she's at like a three one at this point. When you're at a 3-1, you can't rent a car. So getting there is a struggle. And she's, you know, she's struggling to get to this wedding because she desperately needs those rankings. And you get to a point where she has to, she ends up having to hitchhike. And she meets this woman who is like a 1.4 or something like that. And this nine-hour ride or something that she's in the car with this woman is when she learns this lady's story and how this lady used to be obsessed with the ranking system. And she had a husband who had cancer 
And the only way to cure this cancer was to be involved in a a trial, basically. So like a a scientific trial, like see if these drugs are going to work. And he wasn't allowed to do it because his ranking was too low. So he passed away. And this lady decides, you know, screw it. The rankings don't mean anything to me anymore and starts saying what's on her mind. She starts living a life with no filter, tries to teach um, Howard's character the same lesson. And we get to the end of the wedding. You know, she she's uninvited, but shows up anyway or disinvited, shows up anyway. She is a mess. You know, she's covered in mud for reasons that I'm not going to go into. But she has this whole journey to get there. She shows up. She's wild. She's out of her mind. She just gives this speech and it's chaotic. And it goes absolutely awry and it results in her, you know, she ends the episode with a 0.0 rating, but she finally gets to speak her mind. You know, she ends up in a prison cell, but she meets another man who's in a prison cell and both their rankings are lower, but it calls to question, you know, what's more important. Is your social standing more important or is being able to live a life free of a filter more important? That's your favorite episode, right? That's my absolute favorite episode because I think it's really relatable in a weird way. I think I live a life where I I'm constantly on Instagram and like the things that I post are dictated by what I think people will react to it as much as I don't want that to be the case. Yeah. The things I post online are based on what are the reactions going to look like? Obviously, it's not to this sort of extreme where that those social ratings are going to determine my entire life. But in a way, it kind of is. I mean, you, you see the social stratification in the episode. I mean, you see people disrespecting those who they think are lower than them because of their jobs, because of the kind of car they drive. Yeah. And it was it was really weird to see it in a way where there were more consequences than what we have now. The way that they rate people. Mm-hmm. They like stick their phone in front of them and then they swipe and then they send the rating. So you see immediately what your reaction Whoa. was to that kind of interaction. That's terrifying. Jeez. So, yeah, by the by the end of it, you're kind of thinking, well, I'm never going to filter what I say ever again, because <laughs> God, <laughs> if those are the consequences, I don't want them. Yeah. But yeah it, I mean, it brings forth the conversation about like influencer culture now. So the idea that you can make a career off of being perfect online, what kind of consequences are there for living like that? Yeah. And then if you don't act perfect, then your rating essentially goes down, your salary goes down. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you said. It's this idea that we do rate people and we social media is a big part of that, Mm -hmm. like like Tinder and Bumble Mm -hmm. and like those kind of apps where we're literally swiping people left and right based on their profiles. And we do kind of rate people based on like class in our own real lives we just don't do it on our phone right yeah which is really really messed up i mean we do it with things like credit score it's not how responsible you are with a car yeah we do do things like that where when you first meet people Mm -hmm. you stalk them on their social media yeah you rate them based on what they've put online exactly like you'll see like what they're posting on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook and go, oh, okay. You automatically consider them as someone you would associate with based on this profile that they've made. There's also a line in the episode when she's speaking to the advisor where he tells her that, you know, relatability sells. So she's Mm. she's grappling with the idea of posting this picture of like this stuffed doll thing that she's had since childhood. And the only reason that she hasn't done it yet is because she thinks that the outside world isn't going to appreciate it that they're not going to like it that they're not going to rate it well and that is something that's incredibly relatable now absolutely um 
are, you know, the, the difference between posting something that's photoshopped and really well edited versus posting something that's hashtag relatable, exactly. hashtag quirky. You know what I mean? Like, no, like, are real. you going to put up this real image of yourself and how much of the relatable content we see, how much of that is actually curated? You know, how yeah. much of that is real and how much of it is fake relatability it goes back to what like howard talks about or is portraying because she has to change herself in order for other people to relate to her to like her Mm -hmm. and photoshopping and changing the way you look and changing how you present yourself is so common people do that and it sucks that there's almost a pressure to do so because you want people to like you and you want people to like give you that affirmation which Mm -hmm. comes from the likes which comes from the comments and it's wild to think that like we watch an episode like that and we're like wow that's so messed up like oh my gosh i can't Mm -hmm. believe like that's a thing in that show but we have that happening to us every single day Mm -hmm. you know we do rate people we do see them as a number we may not necessarily have an actual system like a scale set in place Mm. but we do have an arbitrary measure Mm. of how we see that person and it does come from the likes and it does come from how people perceive them. Mm-hmm. Which is scary. Which is very scary. Yeah. So it also makes you think like, what's my rating? Oh, God. <laughs> Do you, would my you ever... Uber rating is already like a 4.8. I don't know what, what I've done wrong. I know. Really? What? Who am what you, I? Oh my gosh, what'd you do? I, I can I was probably never. just silent. Some Sorry. of them don't like it when you're silent. Anyway, moving well, on. I'm <laughs> never talking to Zoe again because right. she's under. I'm a five. Well, that must be nice. <laughs> don't know what that feels like. <laughs> Can't relate. Privileges are revoked, apparently. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. That's my own personal grievance. Oh, my gosh. Uber <laughs> is just... I don't think I've ever given an Uber less than a five rating. Maybe So I get, like, fired if it's below a four. Below a four? Below a four is, like, you are about to lose your job. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Uber is very strict about the rating system. So rate your Ubers five stars only, kids. Unless, unless they, they were actually unless awful. Unless they were bad. Yeah. Yeah. But but anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sorry. No, we're we, fine. We, we went on a tangent about, <laughs> about Uber. Uber. Because I'm bitter. But <laughs> we wanted to look at technology, obviously, yeah. TEDx UF. But we wanted to take a different look at it, more so than, you know, always praising the technology that we're seeing develop. Because I mean, we we are seeing lots of new technology surround us. I mean, we Artificial intelligence, Siri, Alexa, things like that. Contact lenses that might develop that record videos, which I absolutely not take it away. Really? I saw an article the other day. I don't know who it was from. I don't know how valid this is, but I mean, it didn't strike me as totally. It's interesting. Infeasible? Unfeasible? Not Um, feasible? Not feasible. There we go. Yeah. But it was this idea that you could develop contact lenses that would start recording video. Yeah. If you like blink your eyes however many times or something like that, which yeah. is terrifying. <laughs> Why? But anyway. Why is it terrifying? I don't want that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Imagine someone just recording you and you would never know it. But don't people kind of do that anyway? Like Yeah, but like now, but like with your eyes. <laughs> but like. But with, now it's more hidden because like with is. a phone, I mean, you can kind of pick up when someone's recording you and yeah. people will make it obvious when they're recording you. But with contact lenses. Yeah. Keep it out of my face. I don't want it anywhere near me. But it yeah. is It is a crazy concept. Like, I would never want people to be able to record me mm-hmm. like that. Where are the laws that come from that? Y- you see, it, it brings up, like, what happens to society when something like that Goes comes beyond. up. Yeah. So, Black Mirror, they p- probably have created an episode like, and I just haven't watched it yet. There's 
got to be something Or they probably will. Yeah, so (laughs) keep an eye out. (laughs) Yeah, so we just wanted to talk a little bit about technology and the darker side of it, if you will. If you, by any chance, want us to talk about Black Mirror again, because let me tell you, this outline I'm looking at right now, we've got a lot of material on it. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't get to half of it. So if you want to hear more about um, our personal insight into Black Mirror and all the messages it conveys... Let us know and maybe we'll do a part two. Yeah. And let us know if there are specific episodes that you want us to talk about. Mm -hmm. So then we can talk about those ones that you guys like. Absolutely. Yeah. But with that being said, um, we're going to go because we've talked your ears off about technology for a little while. I'm starving. That too. I'm really hungry. Anyway. Come back next week on Monday. We have brand new episodes every single Monday. That is a schedule now, kids. Keep it in mind. And go ahead and leave us a rate or review on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, whatever else you want to listen to us through. Yeah. Um, thank you again to the J School. We didn't need Rob Harder's help. <laughs> Today was Today. the first day. <laughs> we got it all set up, just us. And so. the, No, it was just Zoe. I can't even take credit. It just was, me. Yeah. <laughs> Zoe really stepped up to the plate today. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you so much to the J School for the space. Um, we truly appreciate it. You wouldn't be listening to us if it wasn't for that. Yeah. Uh, follow TEDxUF on all your social medias. Um, try not to get consumed with the thought of social media taking over our entire life after this episode. It's hard. And thank you so much to our listenership for listening and have a fabulous rest of your day. <laughs>